Hi, I'm Christina's rational side of her brain. She is still recovering currently from the ending of this episode of The Leftovers. Let's check in. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga blessed. Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of The Leftovers, Season 2, Episode 7, A Most Powerful Adversary. Written, of course, by Damon Lindelof and Patrick Somerville, directed by Mimi Leader. This episode premiered November 15th of 2015. And for my rating, I gave it a 9 out of 10. The latter half was definitely stronger than the previous half of how it developed and there were some plot twists I think that we're starting to see turn more in the supernatural element and less in the reality now what does that say for because I was on the the side of and I heard this reference by someone else maybe it was bald mood podcast where they said depending on how your outlook is on life like if you're a more practical person or if you're more prone to yeah it can be supernatural that type of thing reading into to the fantasy side of things then that's how you would have approached looking at some of these character situations that can go either way and I think that there is some truth to that because I definitely was thinking Patty was in Kevin's head. I think by the end of this episode, at least for me, I could be wrong next episode, but I think that Patty is indeed some supernatural force. And it is the way uh, I think Kevin referenced what his father said made it clear to me that that's what it was so I'm really interested to see the show finally jump off the ledge because it's been playing with it for a while into the actual fantasy realm I'm not sure if we'll ever get the answers as far what did the departure blah 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 I'm not even really that interested and it like it's something I'd be like oh that's cool to know if it builds somewhere but I do like the way in which they are containing the stories because I have a little bit from season one to season two because I was having a hard time with season one why I'm like why are these people just reacting the way they're reacting a lot of it didn't fire or click the way it was intended to and yet in season two I pick it up much more perceptively that yeah it's not just about the fact that all these people departed you know you lose your love runs all the time and you can't just fall apart but it is you know what's the last thing I said to the people I love uh what was unresolved between us those type of things that is interesting storytelling and I'm not sure I just got that completely from season one whereas season two they're hitting it out of the park on exactly the points that they want to stress about this departure 
So very interesting. We did not pick up from last episode with Erica staring through that <laughs> that window where she threw that brick. No, Kevin wakes to Patty telling him it's going to be a hard day, kiddo, because Nora has left him, took the baby and Mary and didn't even have the courtesy to leave the key to uncuff him which at the time I thought was rude and this is where I was like oh either it it, it can be so it's so well done how you can explain he just missed the note on the chair which would be the rational place to look and the fact that Jill herself didn't see it is another weird concept but he says she was blocking it meaning it feels as if Patty can interfere physically in his realm. Jill knows her father stay messing up though in the relationship department and he wants to sabotage a lot of things and he definitely did it his first marriage and she is very much aware of that and asks what he did. Patty encourages him, do not tell her because look what happened when you told Nora and she went away. And she will leave you too. Why is therapy not an option? That was my question. But I understand now because this is not, he tried. He went to someone who was an actual therapist, got the rational answer in which he was expecting And yet it did not feel like the diagnosis that he could run with. So I like the way that they did at least present both options. Because I really was, it was bothering me that he would not start exploring. Even if you're afraid of acknowledging (laughs) what's going on, considering your previous, uh, you know, what happened to your father. They, that would be something you would at least Google. Fuck. Patty has her fingers crossed that <laughs> that Kevin's message of I'm not crazy and I love you will work. Because after Jill gets the, the cutters to get him off the bed, she reads the new note that Nora left, which was a little rude. And she says, don't call. Nora that is and she says well way to go dad he says he's gonna fix it Jill goes to see Michael in his church screams fuck a lot and then spills all the family tea including the fact that her dad sleepwalks and talks to someone she knows that it's uh it's more than just talking to yourself and she says her her not parents but you know their relationship is weird because he's cuffed to a bed at night and i'm like girl i think you need to catch up on what's been happening with the adults because they have pretty much become miracles hatchfields and mccoys and i'm not sure it's a good idea that michael gets all this information but michael has a lot of secrets himself She doesn't get the response she wants when Michael remarks that he talks to someone all the time that is not there because he talks to God and she's like, well, why does he not talk to me? Why can I get some of this special attention? Because I could use some serious help. Well, then you can also go seek therapy yourself. But she also needs some dick. Michael doesn't want to have sex right now, even though he's fine of fooling around. 
because he doesn't know if he loves her yet. I'm an adult virgin. She storms off because how dare he have self-respect for women. Kevin goes to the hardware store because he needs someone to remove the actual handcuff from his, uh, it's chafing. I imagine it would be from his wrist. We see a boy and the hardware owner. I didn't know what they were doing, but he was learning the language. So this is another interesting situation in which he is dealing with another nationality and he becomes impatient i don't know what they're trying to draw between that or if i'm just reading too much into it it's possible or it's just a coincidence (laughs) but she says when the clerk says how does that how did that happen to you patty encourages him to tell the clerk it was sex stuff and that he landed himself in the wrong position i just don't know what went wrong but the clerk notices that it's police issued and kevin continues not to answer any of his questions like can you just take it off and he says well i'll need to see a badge to know that you did not escape from the police and you're trying to get this cuff off by pulling one over on me because he is a former police officer he of course cannot present that stuff and he ends up screaming at patty to shut the fuck up but it looks like he's talking to the kid and he is kicked out he says he's sorry when he gets into the car patty is being very pesky he finally asks, what do you want of me what do you want me to do and she says kevin i am so glad that you asked because there is in an ancient tomb this wishing cup i need you to fill it to the brim with cum and guzzle it gross you nasty what the hell was wrong with patty's mind she got a seriously twisted sense of humor she says i'm just fucking with you kevin i don't come with with an instructional manual one day i was slit in my throat the next day i was saddled to you and basically i'm just gonna sit back and watch you ruin your life and that's what the whole goal of this thing is he begs her please just go away you are ruining my life not me he turns around and there's michael he doesn't even say a word he just puts his bike in the bed of his truck hops in the front seat and eagerly tells him oh i know all about patty and apparently what you did with my grandfather didn't work and kevin's like i do not know what the hell you're talking about but when he starts giving him details kevin's like what (laughs) he's like yeah so your daughter told me that you sleepwalk apparently during one of those sessions you have went out to see virgil and y'all had a good old conversation and why don't you go ahead and allow me to direct you back to virgil because i know where the directions are and you've clearly forgotten so there's a good lad yeah put put it in park or put it in drive take a left up the street they get to virgil's and he comes over and says well michael just told me that you sleepwalk i didn't realize that but you can come in only you though and patty gotta stay in the car she too thinks virgil can help like oh okay here's some guy that can give us some guidance 
while Kevin is visiting or had visited or seen him at the visiting center that's where I was going with that (laughs) he went out to his little place and Virgil explained to him what was going on Kevin didn't believe it but then he returned later on that night and said that he was going to do what needed to be done Virgil's like I couldn't tell you were sleepwalking then he's like wake up (laughs) Kevin's like I'm not asleep right now turns out that night Kevin did indeed go to the lake to die he grabbed the cinder block and a rope went into the woods to drown himself which Virgil says is a pretty shitty way and you need a guide for that so he could defeat what Virgil calls his adversary in the other place and that you also need to have the guide there so that you can be spared actual death and he was apparently spared actual death that night when he jumped into the river or whatever you want to call this lake to drown by either someone looking out for him or that he himself has a most worthy adversary i love the flashback showing him next to patty the whole time like oh this little bitch has been manipulating me this entire time then virgil admits he too himself had an adversary and that's why he knows all this that made him do terrible things and that made john shoot him in the chest in the belly and in that foul machinery below the waste which transgressed the laws of man (gasps) this revelation threw me i was thinking he did something wrong but i was not going anywhere near this direction my word okay um so many feelings finding out now there were some and I guess I'll finish up the conversation here. Uh, he said he himself had died, was on the precipice of that, and he went into the other world and defeated his adversary as well and came out reborn. And that's when Kevin starts to put it together, like Michael's your grandson, right? And he's like, yeah. And then he is the son of John, right? And John went to jail for murder. What did you do to him? And he says, I hurt him a long time ago. And then he hurt me. And it is an indication that John was the one molested. But I, I do not agree. The way in which Erica interacted with Virgil last episode, like he said, I left a pie for like, he didn't understand John what the pie was supposed to symbolize whereas erica brings the pie back and he's like well you know you needed something to feel better as if this is something he did for her in the past was bake and then you also have the fact that this happened what Uh, he said he went to jail for 12 years something around that line 
So John's been out of the picture of these kids' life for a while. So this is probably something he found out after his children were born. Or, yeah, it would be something that would be revealed at that time. Now, it still could be, of course, someone will throw the argument that maybe he, after his children born, he snapped and remembered, John, that is, that he was molested. But I have a feeling that it was more to do with the fact that because this is the thing if Virgil molested Angela or not Angela (laughs) I'm thinking of Watchmen Erica because the way she even said like if he saw you with him like I don't think if John knew Michael was out there praying with the man who molested him like that's already a problem that molested your mother and i'm just gonna throw this out there possibly molested evie i think that would give a lot of backdrop to the to this whole idea of this whole family is a mirage right like nothing happened to them in the departure and yet everything that was horrible had occurred to them while they were in fact just in the before tragedy struck the entire world tragedy struck them and then now they have the additional of oh they were spared from being departed but imagine if you're erica or if you're evie in that case um where you may have wanted to be departed uh and it calls back to another back in last episode when erica said i need to leave this place she's never left this place she's grown up here there's something to that and john has been away like he's been he was a a marine right it feels more in line with the story that they are telling that erica was the one that was molested and when he referenced because kevin doesn't know anything he's never had an interaction with erica other than when she was talking about um in reference to john but yeah i think that he's just like i think that that line still applies like i hurt him a long time ago when he molested his wife before he knew her and then also the fact that she doesn't like she used to hear and now she doesn't i'm wondering if that's like she tried to interfere and like the gun blast or i don't know i don't know because i didn't pick up on that either that she didn't always like she wasn't born without hearing and if she learned it with her daughters like clearly they can sign language with her pretty effectively then that has to be sometime after they were born uh, or before they were born so yeah this was a lot too for kevin to be a police officer a former police officer you know look at his reaction when he found out john went to jail now to find out why john went to jail <laughs> that's got to take away some of his oh you know the murphys are the bad guys in this situation it's like no kevin you have no idea the scope of the tragedy in this family but how much it is very much marrying the some of the tragedy in his own family because lord god his stepson or he considers his son has recently been molested himself by the woman that his wife recruited in the cult 
that she herself joined and admitted oh that we'll get to that too so after he leaves the molesters home because he's like i'm not about to hear this and not only that the fact that's why i also think it's not my like if michael was in this man's home and he was prone to um then i feel as if michael would be a little uneasier i don't know like he would pick it up a little bit more i i don't know i still think michael's positioning is fucked up and i get where he's coming from as a that chris christians believe that like anyone believes forgiveness who asks and he's praying with him and he's being a good minister but man that is a lot to ask your mother and your father and even your sister to accept that you are personally personally not even just allowing forgiveness but personally investing in this man's life and his redemption knowing the pain that people haven't even completely gotten over it also explains her getaway bag um i think this is something about john himself he likes to hit things like they're he's constantly feeling helpless so that's why he's violent um there's a lot there's a lot i think that can be mined more in regards to john's character and it's almost more um poignant if he's not in fact the person who molest or who was molested but had to be in love with someone or possibly if it happened to evie and his wife yeah that could be something or if he even suspected that it happened with evie it also would explain that weird back and forth i mean just so many things fit so much perfectly on my side of the theory that we're not talking about john here but i can go on and on and on and i'm sure at some point maybe not this will be explained but yeah kevin leaves his house and i love that patty even like oh yeah the pedophile (laughs) that was later on but he then very rudely i might add tosses michael's bike at him like what would he do (laughs) it says this is uh some bullshit i don't know what's going on with michael and why he is like we'll get to him in a little bit uh i do think that john would never forgive michael for what he's doing when he finds out i think that's gonna be Ooh, that day is not gonna be friends not at all they already don't feel close kevin pillar of sanity himself goes into the woods and yells for patty to show herself where'd you go he tells her that you were lying to me because you said you saw everything why didn't you see me jump into the fucking lake or the fact that i did go to this virgil's house before and she says well what do you want me to what do you want me to say that you went to a pedophile (laughs) and that she's ready to fucking die she wants to do battle after he says i know how to get rid of you she says let's do it and that 
it doesn't matter that you have responsibilities and that you have a daughter because Jill would be better off without you Nora never told Kevin about Lori calling so um when he gets a call from the park ranger Carson saying there's a woman here at the gate who still refers to herself as your wife he says who Nora he's like no Lori pow right in the kisha pow right in the kisha <laughs> this episode had a lot of Kevin driving around I will say because I know I've been doing a lot of hateration on Justin Thoreau and he's not been a standout for me in the series he did a really good job this episode I thought in really delving into the fact that he is having a psychotic break or he is emphatically involved in something supernatural and he has to decide and I think he played that weighing that very well and then just getting all these gut punches like the arrival of Lori because he nearly crashed the damn car before turning around to meet her at the fence he uh he thinks that like Lori shows up because she thought that when she called Nora y'all was bluffing that Tommy just didn't want to see her and y'all were covering because she really 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 wants to see him and is at a motel around the corner but Kevin tells her that Tommy is not here I haven't seen him in a year and she's like what are you talking about and he's like why would she even come here she's like our children are texting each other he's hurt by this that jill has never told him that she's been in touch with tommy over the past year and jill knows that kevin has been worried she's also met with tommy damn yeah that's a that's a huge secret to keep and that tommy this entire time has been with Lori, and that she is now talking and looking a lot more healthier at least <laughs> healthier than she looked when she called on that phone the last time we saw her last episode then kevin says well, what did you do she realizes he's not okay like what's up with you and he's like i'm, I'm fine you know i'm good jill's fine everything's fine and then when she says well maybe i should have never came here and starts to leave and he's like no 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 no. you don't get to go then he's like well fuck you and yeah that's the exact reaction that one would expect like of course we have children together we have baggage we never you know it's not a i love you anymore or you're always gonna have a certain love for someone but like i said yeah that's the mother of your child so there is that bond that you can never undo but at the same time there's a lot of things a a lot of trauma between the two a lot of hurt a lot of pain he's got a lot of guilt because he knows what he was doing uh, on October 14th and she's still keeping a lot of secrets from him which is interesting he goes to the fire station because he thinks well maybe these people can help me get these cuffs off but this happens to be the day that people are volunteering via a flyer to give their palm print in john's words to keep the innocent people on the right list now i tell you what i like you and i want you now we can do this the easy way or we can do it the hard way 
the- so this entire town is just John's personal what? <laughs> they seem he seems to have a, a significant amount of power. Like you had that with Kevin being the chief of police, but the chief of fire that seems rather low on the totem pole. I'm not sure. Like I said, even he has that relationship with the park rangers. He just talks to them like they're the his bitches. What is up with this? But he is caught. Kevin, that is, in uh, giving up his palm print, which is going to implement him. And Patty is very quick to jump on that. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! I loved her line, you went there to get free and you ended up getting caught. (laughs) She tells him true freedom is when she committed suicide. He gets home to tell Jill on the porch that you know i did not fix it but that i do want us to be a family more than anything and she tells him well then you need to get your act together because this is twice now he goes to see Lori at the hotel tells her everything about what has been happening to get her professional diagnosis and this was an interesting conversation because she tells him hey of course patty is here at convenient times yeah i did tell you about neil i did tell you about people defecating on his chest (laughs) uh so i love the fact that there were real tangible uh clues to what was happening to kevin but then kevin had after this conversation things he could not put together with his diagnosis that she gave him but Lori is still (laughs) blissfully unaware of her own very fragile mental health as she starts going on and i'm really surprised that kevin's reaction i mean after you admit to the shit you just did how can you possibly judge but she's like oh yeah me and tommy we've been hustling people for months people just believe and yeah sure tommy was feeling really bad about that uh but you know i encouraged him to keep going because we needed the money right (laughs) she said tommy quote hated it uh but it was his idea so what did you expect tommy and she says that this is all about our guilt fear abandonment that you know you need hospitalization and medication which is funny coming from her because she needs it as well (laughs) and you know he needs he needs rope he's a drowning man but i think also part of his family is still Lori, and i think even with his deep love because i love that conversation he did have with nora to show like no i am in love with you i do love you the second chance family is what it's meant to be however he still considers Lori someone he wants in his life because he tells her i didn't want to see you but here we are we're talking she even makes a really bad joke like if we had communicated more oh it was a joke but it was actually serious but we weren't there yet so (laughs) i kind of like that awkward thing it's like yeah we're talking but there's still some pretty raw wounds but he invites her back in like i can get you a wristband i can sponsor you come home like i said i think this is kevin all he ever wanted was all these people back underneath his house his first family and his second family 
and that is kind of endearing for kevin for someone who really doesn't as we've seen in the first season want anything to do with being tied to this idea of family then once i mean i felt he really should have sent a text to jill (laughs) to say heads up um bringing your mother she still doesn't know about the departed child like she takes a minute i like the fact like i'm just not gonna come into your home like he invites her like come on in and i like that it looks so much different than we first saw it to show that there's been a progression of time and it's lived in the drywall helped and then you saw the little baby thing and she's just like you know they're a nice beautiful family they got even a family portrait on the uh countertop over there and he apologizes about the puppy says i was a dick about that and this really did kind of hit the feels you knowing she was never talking about a puppy and he's still being under this impression that it was about a puppy and she chooses in that moment to spare him that guilt because if she really wanted to just put it on him she could have like no it was never about a puppy and then the fact that he held on to that guilt about that conversation thinking it was just about a dog imagine how he would feel if he knew it was about a per- about his own child and i think yeah so there was some restraint in lori in this episode that really put some points on her side but she is also out or was out murdering gr folks for therapy <laughs> um then he gets a call from nora who tells him to please stop calling me but he says if i can look you in the eye and tell you that patty is gone because she's like that's just too much for me i will you come back and she's like yeah that would be great so jill comes home to see her mom she freaks out really well played by the actress who plays jill like are you fucking kidding me in my living room without no damn uh warning she goes upstairs to find her dad but he has dipped out the damn house how the fuck did he jump off a two-story i mean what the fuck you sidled down he says oh i don't want nothing to do with that fucking conversation downstairs (laughs) i got things to do and i ain't trying to have nobody stop me and y'all just gonna have to work that shit on out and he drives to virgil's because he is ready to do this he will poison himself with the equivalent of heroin and virgil will provide the antidote in a adrenaline shot now when virgil arrived michael was already in the house and he was definitely praying or chanting with virgil and he looked upset and i was like oh see this is probably more evidence for some people that were like oh this is john but i think at the end i I have theories about this and he tells kevin god be with you kevin as a cop though i do need you and a, a professed pedophile to be a little suspicious or aggressive about the fact that you are walking into a suspicious situation um we get some interesting backstory that the guy on the pillar is also one of virgil's patients uh his name is edward he himself too had an adversary but if that is what a success story looks like danger danger i don't fit in i'm a stranger believe him 
believe her. I can take out all the evil. That's when Patty starts to jump in Kevin's ear as he's about to take the the poison. Like, wait a minute. Like, I was all gun ho for this, but let's keep in mind we don't know this man. He's got a shady past. But he twists around and has a full-on conversation with Virgil's looking like, what the fuck? Virgil almost looks surprised. Cause he's all like, well, what is the fuck that you want me to do? You said you wanted me to do this. Do you or do you not? Then he recalls the conversation his dad said when he said he was let out the loony bin and he was perfectly fine now and adjusting because he finally listened to what the voices told him to do, which means he did exactly the opposite of what the voices told him to do. And this was how the trick worked. And he drinks the poison and watching him die was fucking awful then virgil pours out all of the adrenaline and shoots himself in the head hey bro what oh my god and just when you thought it couldn't get more you know uh for people who had headphones in disgustingly oozy (laughs) in walks michael painful to see his granddad dead but then drags kevin away some shit and i'm starting to think my theory is that virgil wanted to die and he told his grandson that kevin was with him in this suicide pact and he has kevin or michael there to clean up the after after mess or i don't know like because he because no wait no because michael knows about the adversary thing too because he says he told me about Patty and yada yada yada. So I, ooh, I'm confused. So where is he taking Kevin? If he's supposed to fight, is that is he not supposed to come back to life? Is that the drill? Like he lied to Kevin and stating like, because Kevin's like, I want to live just to make it clear. And so maybe that was the, because he said he was reborn. Or maybe that's the point where it's like, okay, I'm going to take you somewhere other than, you know, the scene of a suicide. (laughs) Maybe this was when uh, Virgil's like, well, I'm just going to help this guy. And then I think it's time for me to die. I don't know. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. If you have feedback on the next episode of The Leftovers, send it to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. Or you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social medias will be below as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. If you have time, run over to iTunes, leave a review, or rate the podcast. You can find Black Girl Couch reviews on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and Black Girl Magic.